The views and opinions expressed by guests on this program are not necessarily the views of Thinking Bigger Business Media, Inc. or its employees. Welcome to Smart Companies Thinking Bigger Radio. Get the inside scoop on how America's most successful business owners transform their entrepreneurial vision into reality. And listen in as some of the top business minds in the country serve up practical advice, tips, and insights for growing your business. Now, here's your host, Kelly Scanlon. Good morning. Welcome to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. Our guest today is Cleveland Brown. He's the CEO of PayScout, which is a global payment processing provider. And as some of you may know, the United Nations has called upon international governments to create friendly e-commerce environments. And Cleveland Brown has been urging the U.S. government to support businesses in their international endeavors. He also recently participated in a Forbes Insight event, which was about creating wealth through entrepreneurship, and he asserts that entrepreneurs cannot flourish without certain conditions in place, which is one of the things we're going to be talking about today. Let's set the stage. What is so important for government to support entrepreneurship, particularly global market entry? Why is that so important for governments to support that? When you look at the opportunity, and and that's where it really starts. And we look at it through a global e-commerce lens um, mm-hmm. here at PayScout. And that global opportunity in terms of consumer spending, um, it's, it's at about $2 trillion. Um, and this has been rapidly uh, growing uh, each year uh, when it comes to global consumer spending. So it's really something that you know, cannot be ignored uh, from an entrepreneurial standpoint. And because of the globalization uh, of technology, uh, consumers, uh, it, it's it's an exciting time and uh, definitely something to look at. Well, it definitely is. These days, even companies, uh, for example, I'll just use right here in Kansas City, you put up a website with a shopping cart on it and you think that your t- market is right here. It's a local market and that's what your aspirations are perhaps. And then you get some global orders <laughs> because you've got a website out there and you've got an e-commerce cart on it, you can certainly sell internationally. And I, I think a lot of people are not uh, seeing that opportunity or just not recognizing that there is so much opportunity there. You talk about five actions that the U.S. government in particular can take to improve business in this area. What are those? So those five, five areas, um, the first one is you know, just really easing credit for the entrepreneur. Uh, the second one is reforming uh, the H-1B immigration laws uh, that currently impact uh, the business infrastructure, uh, improving internet connectivity, and really simplifying uh, the way uh, businesses do business with the government. Okay. Let's go back to the easing credit. Why is that so important? Well, you know, businesses require capital to really start. And uh, in terms of how to acquire capital, it's just so difficult uh, for entrepreneurs to locate uh, even small startup capital. Uh, the way banks now do business uh, with the landscape of banking and uh, different laws that are affecting uh, consumers, uh, different laws that are affecting lending policies and practices, uh, the funds just aren't available. 
and uh, the government needs to do a better job of making sure those funds are available. Are there additional funding considerations that entrepreneurs need to be aware of when they do business globally? Yes, yes, there is, and and it really comes to understanding uh, logistics uh, of being able to move products uh, from the U.S. Uh, into uh, other countries and understanding custom laws. So there, there is additional capital required to, to really make sure that the logistics are sound um, as consumers are expecting their deliverables uh, all over the world. Yes, exactly. Now, one of the things that you mentioned is the uh, HIV immigration laws. That's a very controversial topic. It's playing a major role in the discussion of the presidential election this year. What, What are your views on that? Well, when we look at uh, global entrepreneurship and we talk about uh, uh, really looking at a global consumer and attracting a global consumer, uh, those you're seeing more and more global entrepreneurs um, really make an impact um, here in the U.S. You, you take companies like Uber uh, uh, that have a European origin yet have a tremendous impact uh, here in the U.S., you know, the U.S. really stands as really what separates the U.S. and will continue to is, is the way we protect patents, the way we protect uh, entrepreneurs uh, through, through our legal system. And we need to make sure that as you have these, you know, really brilliant minds that are sitting globally, rather than having the, the consumer spending leave the U.S. Uh, to these other countries, it'd be best to look at these minds and bring those minds into the U.S. They want to be here. Uh, they want to bring their ideas here from an entrepreneurial lens, and uh, we need to make it easier for them uh, to have access to that. Because if we don't, you're going to see uh, you know, different companies like Alibaba competing with Amazon and, and uh, seeing funds flow out of the U.S. rather than funds flowing in the U.S. So it's just really important. Okay, and then let's move to the other one you mentioned, public infrastructure. What role does it play? So in, in terms of public infrastructure, we talked a little bit about logistics uh, uh, just a little bit earlier and uh, understanding how to move goods uh, from uh, one place uh, somewhere in the U.S., you know, obviously outside of the U.S. And the public infrastructure is critical uh, in terms of the global competition. The, the better that the U.S. is in terms of being able to move logistically goods, uh, and you know, that affects roads and that affects uh, telecommunications, uh, it affects uh, postal service. It affects uh, the, the airplane industry uh, across the board, really making sure that we invest in that public infrastructure, which in turn also creates jobs uh, and it generates that efficiency uh, that is fundamentally required uh, to move products logistically across the world. Exactly. And then, of course, the access to the Internet, another topic that you hear a lot about, especially in rural areas. Uh, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, it's, it's interesting when it comes to Internet connectivity. Uh, you know, as you know, a lot of people look at the U.S. and, you know, they'll simply say, well, it's the U.S. We, we have uh, incredibly fast speeds uh, uh, to connect uh, across the U.S. And that's just not necessarily true. Uh, the, the winner of the global e-commerce uh, uh, game, I would call it, is going to be the one that can deliver the fastest speeds uh, uh, and faster than anywhere else uh, in the world. 
And it's just something that, you know, from the, from a U.S. lens, we need to really make sure that we focus on. Um, you know, in the workplace, I don't know how many times uh, you've experienced it, but, you know, your Internet access, you know, will go down. Yes. Um, uh, you end up with slow speeds and, and, and you believe that you have, you know, 100 megabit yeah. lines, yet uh, uh, you still end up uh, having disruptors in business. So uh, Internet connectivity is just critical. Yes, it absolutely is. And the other thing is you can have really high-speed access, but at any point along the line, uh, that high-speed Internet is only as fast as the slowest point, and people don't realize that either. And and so we have to remember that it's, you know, you have to look down the line as well. Now, the last thing was a more global kind of uh, catch-all area, and that was just to make it you know, to encourage more entrepreneurship and to uh, support entrepreneurs, what are what are some of the hot buttons there? Well, in, in terms of, of supporting entrepreneurs, uh, simplifying doing business, you know, with mm-hmm. the government is is it's critical. It's just it's not a transparent process, and you'll hear uh, businesses looking at opportunities to do business, whether it's in their their uh, local governments or or state governments or federal governments. And, you know, the process uh, in which to accomplish that for a small business, uh, it's, I mean, it's almost impossible. You can talk to, you know, different entrepreneurs across the board and just to uh, try to qualify as a small business to do, to uh, conduct business with the government. It can take, you know, two, two years, one to two years just to get your name on the board. And that's not even uh, having the opportunity to bid on a project. Right. It does take a while, and the paperwork can be very tedious. There's reasons for that, uh, some of them very legitimate to make sure that you, you know, that it isn't going to a large company uh, pretending to be a small business. But at the same time, the lack of reciprocity among the various agencies, you know, you certify with this agency, but they don't accept it from, with another agency. And so you find yourself having, you know, a dozen different certifications, and sometimes it still doesn't make a difference. But, yeah, there there, there is some problematic uh, um, issues there and some simplification that hopefully we'll start to see here um, eventually. Let's dip down a little bit further into the global marketplace. What does global e-commerce in emerging markets mean for the U.S. economy? So when we started off, it's it, it, what it really means is it, there's a two million, I mean a two trillion dollar mm-hmm. uh, opportunity uh, that exists. Uh, when it comes to uh, global e-commerce spending, and that is on the rise. So I've been dealing with this topic for you know, the last four years, mm-hmm. and uh, every time we talk about it, we talk about uh, you know four years ago it was you know somewhere about eight hundred million dollars uh, in spending, and you know now we're we're at two trillion dollars, and uh, every year it exceeds uh, expectations. So. Uh, what it means for the U.S. economy uh, is a tremendous opportunity uh, for our entrepreneurs. How much are, let's just segment that a bit, how much are U.S. consumers in particular uh, spending or represent of that global e-commerce $2 trillion that you mentioned? Yeah. So, so U.S., uh, it, it only represents uh, one-fourth of that. Wow. So, yeah, exactly. So that's, you know, $500 billion. $500, uh, in total, but you have 1.5 trillion. That's globally. That's uh, uh, available and, and ripe for consumers and entrepreneurs. 
Huge, huge market there. We're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to dive down into this even further and find out more about the opportunities for entrepreneurs to compete in this $2 trillion global marketplace. You're listening to Smart Companies Radio on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. I want to thank my mommy for loving me so much. For, for taking, taking me to the doctor when I broke my foot. For leaving me alone when I wanted to be alone. And, and now, now, as a grown-up, I'm thankful for being able to take care of you, my dear mom. For taking you to your therapies. For understanding that sometimes you simply want to be alone. Roles change without us noticing. That's why AARP gives you the information to provide even better care for your loved one. Visit aarp.org caregiving. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Interested in growing your business? Thinking Bigger Business Media has the resources you need to grow your company to the next level, whether it's an aspiring business, a startup, established, or mature. Thinking Bigger provides the how-to strategies, critical connections, and key information to make your business more productive and more profitable. Check them out at ithinkbigger.com and find out what successful Kansas City business owners already know. Thinking Bigger Business Media is the resource for growing businesses. Visit them today at ithinkbigger.com. I'm more resourceful than I thought. My suit can still make an impression. My video games are still game changers. And my lamp can bring others a bright future. Because when I donate my stuff to Goodwill, it helps fund job placement and training for people right in my community. Now my stuff gets a second chance. And will give someone in my community a second chance too. Goodwill. Donate stuff. Create jobs. Find your nearest donation center at Goodwill.org. That's Goodwill.org. This message brought to you by Goodwill and the Ad Council. Good morning. Welcome back to Smart Companies Radio. I'm Kelly Scanlon, publisher of Thinking Bigger Business Media. We're visiting here this morning with Cleveland Brown, who is the CEO of PayScout, which is a global payment processing provider. So Cleveland has been right in the thick of global entrepreneurship in particular and the marketplace there. I'm sure you process lots of payments from small businesses, don't you? Yeah, absolutely, and and actually process payments for global entrepreneurs mm-hmm. in over 100 plus countries. Yes, you're on six continents from what I read about your company. So you you know a little bit about this market. And as we were going to break, we were talking about how it's a $2 trillion market. And really, the U.S. entrepreneurs only tapped into about 25% of that. Do I have that right? That is correct. So, so lots of opportunities. Um, I guess the next question is... Uh, what would taking a larger part of this mean to the growth of the U.S. GDP? Obviously, for an individual business owner, it can mean lots of things for their business. But let's let's look at the macro side of this for just a minute and talk about the U.S. economy. What would it mean if we could surpass yeah, so, that twenty five percent? Yeah. So you know, one of the things that we we look at as we look at trade deficits um, and how that f- affects uh, uh, the global GDP. And, you know, you look at these emerging uh, economies uh, like China, uh, where, where there's a, a large trade deficit. And what it really does it provides an opportunity for, for uh, Chinese consumers to purchase from uh, uh, U.S. companies and U.S. Uh, merchants. And it really gives the opportunity to close, close that gap when you look at the U.S. dollars that are flowing, uh, flowing out and, and bringing those dollars back into the U.S. Uh, made in the USA is a tremendous uh, brand globally. Uh, that's, you know, that's the, the way that you have uh, an increasing consumer spending class um, in China 
to demonstrate their wealth is by the consumption of U.S. goods, U.S.-made goods. So um, uh, a huge impact on, on the U.S. GDP. All right. And a lot of that is going to fall to small businesses. I don't know if very many people know this, but according to SBA stats, small businesses as a group are the largest exporters uh, in the U.S. And let's talk about some of the e-commerce requirements. I know that we probably don't have time to hit everything, but again, just for some takeaways for our listeners today, what are the e-commerce requirements in various international markets and even closed economies? Yeah, so really, when, when you look at uh, requirements, the first, uh, uh, I start with cultural empathy. So let's just start mm-hmm. there. That's the best piece of advice I can give. And uh, marrying uh, a U.S. product by doing research on the top 10 uh, imports for each particular country and just doing that simple research and marrying that product um, to that, um, that's the first requirement is to make sure that, you know, culturally um, your product fits um, the needs uh, of the international market that you're targeting. Um, the second piece uh, of this is really understanding how payments work um, in each country. It's, you know, it's not as simple as just Visa and MasterCard mm-hmm. uh, and American Express uh, when it comes to other countries. They'll have alternative payment methods. They'll have alternative, alternative card brands. So if you look at China as an example, you have something called China Union Pay. And China Union Pay is, a, is, is another card brand similar to Visa, MasterCard, and American Express. And a lot of people don't know that it is the largest card brand um, in the world when it comes to number of cards being issued. So you really, really it's, it's important to make sure that that entrepreneur understands what are the payment types um, required um, in the country that they want to do business. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I'm sure that... Uh uh, your company is one that can help pull all of those together and make that process seamless. Yeah, that's correct. Um, in, in handling that, that process from the beginning to the end. And that's, mm-hmm. as, we, as I talked about, marrying the product, making sure the product's ripe, uh, and making sure that the uh, cultural empathy exists and the payment processing capabilities uh, uh, match, match the requirements for that particular country. We've talked a lot about the opportunities that are there, and certainly there is a lot of opportunity. But what are some of the risks that are associated with entering the global e-commerce market? So the first risk uh, that you have to look at is is really a compliance and understand how uh, a certain uh, country operates. So we'll, we'll take Brazil as an example. Uh, in Brazil, you have uh, a system in which uh, the, the, the central banking authority really restricts how funds uh, move out of the country. And uh, the card brands are regulated by uh, something called Cielo. So understanding uh, the compliance requirements, uh, it's important. Understanding the corporation requirements are critical, making sure that you have the right infrastructure in place. Uh, in some instances, for example, an entity uh, you'll have to create an entity in the country in which you're doing business. And in other examples, other countries, uh, uh, you may not have to. And you just have to make sure that you have someone holding your hand uh, to make sure that you're in compliance. Mm-hmm. And that's where it starts. Yeah, and one of the compliance pieces uh, that I think a lot of companies probably overlook, obviously there's the whole payment issue and who can be your partner. In some countries, you have to have um, a citizen of that country be your partner in your business, those types of things. But another one is around marketing. And I think that a lot of people, 
overlook that that in certain company in certain countries there email marketing uh, requirements are much more stringent or who you can sell to on a website you know you have to they protect children a lot more maybe than they do here so there are a lot of when it comes to the compliance issues there's a lot of it to look into yes definitely uh, uh, and, and and it spills over into you know second part is taxes yes uh, you know and really making sure that uh, the tax laws are understood in the country uh, in which you're doing business. And, you know, you can very quickly uh, have a tax liability uh, that can put you out of business uh, very quickly. So really understanding tax laws, uh, it's, it's very critical. We've talked about Brazil. We've talked about China. Which emerging markets right now are really good or promising for particular types of businesses? So in terms of, and really depends on the, on the lens. So here's the, the, the best advice uh, uh, that I give. And, and a lot of people will look at the global market and say, okay, well, I just want to sell to everyone. Right. $2 trillion out there. I want to sell to every country. And uh, we said, you know, hold, you know, hold, hold that thought. Let's choose one country. Let's do it well. Let's perfect it. And then we move on, uh, move on from there. And it really depends on the, on the product. Uh, so let's take it from a cultural lens. So let's match up uh, U.S. culture with the rest of the world. Uh, then I would, I would say the, be- the biggest opportunities would come from uh, countries like uh, England, mm-hmm. uh, as an example, uh, countries like Australia. Uh, in Australia, you know, it's very, very close uh, mindset culturally, uh, the consumer mindset um, to the U.S. consumer. So a great opportunity if you can can marry your product uh, to those environments. And obviously the language uh, uh, restrictions don't exist mm-hmm. um, as well. So those are ripe if you're looking at it from a U.S. cultural standpoint and, and, and matching up. If you're looking at it purely from uh, a numbers perspective, you know, we just touched base on it. China, uh, obviously, um, is the largest market, but obviously requires more effort in yes. terms of, of the cultural empathy. Absolutely. And of course, the language as well. What are some of the resources that are out there and available to entrepreneurs who want to learn how to enter the global market? You've been a wealth of information today, but we've really only hit the tip of the iceberg. Uh, If you wanted to drill down and get more specific, where can an entrepreneur turn? Well, when you look at the resources available, I start off with in terms of just doing simple research, uh, obviously online when it comes to marrying the product um, to a country. But more importantly, is the, the payment piece is so critical um, and, 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 it, and it's overlooked is that you need to, the entrepreneur needs to identify a global payment processing provider that uh, really has boots on the ground offices in the locations in which they want to do business. Because that would demonstrate that your provider understands the laws. Um, they're not just simply uh, uh, putting a currency conversion in place. They actually can protect you and make sure that you're doing business properly. So that's the you know, first resource is just research um, online. The second is identifying uh, um, that provider 
um, that's, that sits in that global market, and preferably a U.S. provider that can marry the U.S. culture to uh, where that entrepreneur wants to do business. Exactly. Obviously, your company is one of those providers, PayScout. Do you see that most of it is compliance with the laws, or do you see that there are other issues involved as well when it comes to payment processing? Yeah, so uh, the one piece that we didn't get into, and that's fraud, Mm -hmm. right, and really understanding uh, how fraud uh, works in different countries in which you'd like to do business. So, you know, above and beyond compliance, you need to make sure that uh, the the tools to detect fraud, uh, and there's so many layers to it, but it really comes down to some type of ID verification uh, and KYC, which is know your customer, mm. uh, that that technology exists uh, uh, in ways to to reduce uh, the amount of fraud that you can be exposed to. And, and, it, and it's different. It's different in every market. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's a different way of attacking it in every market. So it's critical that that resource, resource exists. As you said, you, a lot of entrepreneurs will put up a website, so <laughs> global orders will come in, and they'll find out that you know, 90% of those are fraud after they've shipped to you know, some, some country um, outside of the U.S., and they can't get the goods back. Absolutely. Now, on your website at payscout.com, are there resources? Is there information? Would you suggest that our listeners go there to uh, learn a little bit more? Absolutely. Uh, uh, go to uh, the PayScout website, um, click and learn more about the Go Global Now platform. Um, that, glo- that Go Global Now platform will um, answer uh, a lot of questions um, that you may have. Uh, we have uh, a support here in terms of uh, if you need to get someone on the phone, you really want to discuss what those global, global opportunities look like and how to uh, increase profits you know, for their particular business. Uh, we have the resources and dedicated staff for that. Okay, so if you want to learn more about all the different things we've been talking about today or even talk with somebody live at PayScout, go to payscout.com to get those questions answered. Cleveland, thank you so much for being on the show today. You've shed a lot of light on not only the opportunity, but on some of the ways to go about taking advantage of that opportunity in the global market, too. We really appreciate you being here today. Well, thanks for having me. I do appreciate it. And if you'd like to learn more about how to grow your business, please visit our website at ithinkbigger.com. Follow us on Facebook, Thinking Bigger Business. Business Media or on Twitter at I Think Bigger. Have a great weekend. We'll see you next week. This podcast is a part of the C Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.